It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas everywhere you go. Hello, Merry Christmas to all our listeners out there. Welcome back to the Bring the Juice podcast. Um, it's been a little while. My name is Cody Felger. If you don't remember, it's been uh, been a few weeks, if not a month now, since we've had our last podcast. Derek Larger joining me. Derek, uh, man, it's almost Christmas time as we're recording this on Christmas Eve Eve. So the day before Christmas Eve, Derek, do you have any fun plans for this holiday? Uh, I guess holiday day is not really a holiday weekend. More holiday midweek. Do you have any any fun plans coming up with family, friends, anything like that? Uh, not too much. You know, it's good to be back here. But uh, yeah, I definitely don't have too many plans. You know, you do the angle everybody wakes up in the morning does their christmas goes to a couple parties with distant family and stuff like that i'll be doing that both christmas eve and on the day of christmas but other than that nothing too crazy you know just really looking forward to getting a day or two off of work and get to just spend a few days with my family yeah, me too. Um, it's been good for me. For So for those of you who don't know, um, it's kind of more personal for me. But the reason why we haven't been doing a podcast, I guess I haven't really been doing it, um, is because you know, a couple of weeks ago, I lost my job, which unfortunate, it stinks. Uh, so I've really been trying to put my focus on, you know, just being with my family, and also job searching. And so right now, I've just been doing odds and ends for uh some family members and stuff like that and trying to figure all that out. It's kind of a weird time of year to, to be jobless, but uh, yeah, yeah, that's kind of been the reason why I haven't really been dropping a podcast recently. And I put out a tweet and I just want to say thanks guys for all you guys who reached out to me, who had those, all those amazing, nice comments. So really, really appreciate it. Um, but that's, if you're wondering why aren't they posting anything, why haven't they been covering the last couple games? That's why. Um, just so you guys know and are up to date where, <laughs> It wasn't intentional. We didn't do it because we stopped caring about the Colts. It just kind of happened that way. So hopefully now we can start to really start, you know, cranking out some more podcasts and stuff and hopefully, mm-hmm. hopefully I can find a job here soon. So uh, that's just, just wanted to let you guys know that that's what has been happening in my life at least. Uh, and so, yeah, with that, uh, this is our first annual bring the juice podcast Christmas episode. And so with that, we're going to do a few special segments uh, all around Colts football and all around all this different stuff. And Derek, I didn't really tell you about what I, I get to do uh, during Christmas. It's going to be, it's going to be awesome. Our, our, we have family on Christmas Eve. We always have the, my Felger side of my family. They, they're coming over to our parents, my parents' house and we're just all being together and that's going to be really good. And then every Christmas we, we always, my immediate family. So myself, mom and dad and my two brothers and my younger sister, uh, we all we all get together and do kind of our own little Christmas there. So we're doing that on Christmas Day. I'm really, really excited for that. It, like like you said, Derek, it's just kind of nice to just get a couple days away from everything, just be with family. I mean, that's really a huge thing. Um, and, and so, yeah, I'm excited for that. Are there any Christmas traditions? Speaking of this, are there any Christmas traditions? We're starting one today with the podcast, uh, the Christmas special, the first one for the channel are there any christmas traditions derek that you and your family do uh there's not really a thing that i do too much of uh we don't have a specific family tradition uh like you mentioned with the family coming around my dad's side of the family usually we get together a week or two before 
Christmas and my dad's side of the family comes over to our place or we used to go to my grandmother's place together before she passed a few years ago. So we would do that. And, you know, everybody has their Christmas, but we didn't get to really do that much this time around because obviously my family moved into a new house, but my, a few of my dad's relatives are going to be coming over and we're going to hang out after church tomorrow and just, uh, you know, embrace the Christmas spirit. And then, you know, another uh, thing that we do for Christmas day, we obviously have our Christmas in the morning and then we go to my mom's side of the family uh, uh, later in the afternoon. Uh, I think one thing that I have always done, I think since I was, I think since I was like 10 or 11 years old was I used to always wake up before everyone else in my house on Christmas morning and I would sort out the presents. I don't know why I always did that. I just always thought that would be fun to do just cause it makes it easier for myself and for the family to kind of just see what presents everybody has before they wake when they wake up. And I don't know, it's just something that I enjoy doing somehow. I don't know why at 12 years old, it found, it seemed appealing to wake up at, five or 6am in the morning and move presents in the dark. And then, you know, probably just either play video games or watch TV for the next two or three hours until everybody wakes up. But that's probably the only tradition I have. Is there anything that you do, Cody, that you, that you enjoy doing? Yeah, it's kind of interesting. So this is something we haven't done in a long, long time, but when I was growing up, so we always did the 12 days of Christmas. So basically what that meant was, Starting from, you know, the 12th day all the way to Christmas, my parents, this is when I was, you know, younger in elementary, middle school, um, my parents would go and hide like a, one random different thing throughout the house and we had to go look for it and they would kind of tell us, oh, you're getting warmer, you're getting colder. And we love that growing up, but that was one of our favorite things. And then we kind of, you know, we kind of had the option every year, whether you, you could do that or you could do the stockings. And so we always wanted to do the 12 days of Christmas because it was so much fun. We haven't done that in a long time because we're all getting older. And that'd be kind of weird now. But uh, that was always a fun tradition that we had. Uh, we always used to, and I think we're going to do it again this year, decorate Christmas cookies. That's always fun. Uh, and and I always love just doing that, just being with family and stuff. And um, I think my girlfriend's going to come down and and we're going to decorate Christmas cookies together on Christmas Day. So this is just going to be a really, really good day to just be with family and be with loved ones. So I'm looking forward to that a lot. I mean, we don't really have a ton of traditions, though. Like, like besides those few things, like now, there's not a ton of traditions other than just being with family on that day. So, uh, right. But, you know, speaking of traditions, I wanted to start this tradition on this podcast with this episode. Uh, the first thing I wanted to start was, you know, keeping within the Christmas spirit a little bit. We were going to do a couple different segments here around the Colts because the Colts have one more game left of this 2019 season. They've won seven games, lost eight games. They're out of playoff contention. So there's no other games after this. This is the last game of the season for the Colts. It's been kind of an up and down year. A lot of crazy things that have happened, obviously, with, you know, first and foremost with Andrew Luck retiring and a lot of crazy things in between. And it really was kind of a disappointing season all in all and you know but you know there were also a lot of positives and the first you know you're you're going to talk about something a little bit Derek and we're going to talk about that but the first thing I want to talk about is this segment I like to call naughty or nice and so kind of what this means is you know when people are naughty right they receive coal they receive not really anything 
And so I have this list of 10 guys, 10 guys of relevance among unrestricted free agents at the end of the season, 10 guys on this list. And I want to run through each and every one of them and kind of say, are they naughty? Which means do they not deserve a contract extension there? Do they not deserve to be on the Colts in 2020 and beyond? Or are they nice? Do they deserve a contract extension coming up for them, whether it's one year, whether it's multi-year extension. And so I want to kind of get through the talk about these guys, Derek, and uh, you know, I'll say my thoughts on them and I'll let you chime in on this. So we can start here and I kind of, you know, cause uh, Santa starts with the list as well. And I kind of would just go alph- alphabetically here, pulling up these names. And uh, the first guy on the list is a guy, I think this is going to be probably a no brainer for a lot of people, but I do kind of wonder what the Colts are thinking on this guy. First guy is Adam Vinatieri. You know, very, very rocky season for Vinatieri. I know he struggled a lot this year. He couldn't even really hit extra points there for a, for a while. Lots of shanked kicks in 2019. It was a really rough year for Vinatieri overall, and then he was placed on injured reserve, and now Chase McLaughlin has taken over the duties as a place kicker for the Colts. Uh, for But for me, for Vinatieri, man, you know, it's just kind of like something where – we love what you've done, Adam. Like, we love how much you have helped the Colts. I mean, heck, the guy basically won you a playoff game on route in route to the Super Bowl in 2006 and, and that Baltimore game where he kicked five field goals. Mm-hmm. And he's just been a clutch kicker for the Colts for so, so many years. But, you know, I think that you've really been – I think it really showed, and I know it was kind of an injury-ridden season for Vinatieri, but it really kind of showed – this season, I think Father Time kind of caught up with Vinatieri a little bit, and I know that he was injured. I know all this stuff, but you know, I, you know, a majority of the game, like I, I played football growing up. The majority of the game is a mental game; it really is, and especially with a kicker. I mean, that is a, probably the most mentally stressful uh, position on the field. I mean, you, you only go out for a few snaps, but those few snaps are the, some of the most important snaps of the game. Potentially, they could change a game. You could win or lose a game based off of one snap. And so there's a lot of pressure involved there. And if you're not hitting your field goals, if you're not hitting your extra points, I mean, that stuff adds up. And I know Adam Vinatieri is probably the greatest kicker of all time, but I mean, Mm -hmm. he's human too. And and it adds up after a while. And so uh, I just think, you know, physically he wasn't there. I think mentally he wasn't there. And this is really tough for me to say because Adam Vinatieri has been the Colts kicker. I mean, literally ever since I have watched the Colts, you know, besides that season in 2009 when Matt Stover, you know, filled in for Vinatieri, he has been the Colts kicker consistently throughout my life, really, of watching Colts football. And so it's really odd for me to say this, but Adam Vinatieri, you get cold. I, I can't believe I'm saying that. That's just wild <laughs> That's to me a to, weird say. Thing to say. Adam <laughs> Vinatieri, we are not bringing you back because <laughs> got Chase McLaughlin, who I think has played very, very well. He's not missed an extra point. I mean, he's missed one field goal. I think it was like a 50-yard plus Yeah, it was a 50-yarder, yeah. But, like, he's been really good, and he's a young kicker. He's a young guy. He played really well um, in the couple teams that he played with. And so I think the Colts, I know they love Adam Vinatieri, but, you know, if it's up to me, I'm I'm letting Adam Vinatieri walk. What do you think, Derek? This is a really tough one. I can't believe I just said that. (laughs) Yeah, you – you took the entire words right out of my mouth. Honestly, I can't say much more than that. You know, and like you said, he, he's 45, man. I mean, yeah. and we all want to say, you know, oh, it was an injury season. You know, can't say much. Yeah, but he is older and injuries don't get easier 
as you get older, you start to get more of them and it starts to mess with you mentally. And it is, that is the thing with kicking kicking. You have to be a perfectionist at that. You don't always have to make everything because not every kicker makes every kick, but when you're, you were missing them to the extent that he was during that span, you know, it's difficult to say that we're going to bring him back. I don't believe we will. I believe that Chris Ballard and Jim Irsay are going to give him the warmest of goodbyes. I mean, they're really going to uh, chime it on. The Colts nation's going to be happy for Vinatieri. You know, hey, man, we appreciate everything you've done. Good luck with the rest of your life. You know, possibly cheering on your son uh, playing football as well. Uh, so, you know, he's going to probably be in, he's going to be in the Colts ring of honor at some point. And he's going to go to the, be a first ballot hall of famer. He's going to go down as one of the greatest names outside of a skill position that we've ever seen play football. I mean, congrats to the dude. I mean, he's had a wonderful career, but eventually all, all careers have to come to an end. And, you know, we hate to see it come uh, down to this, but I mean, this just looks like the time that he needs to go. So, Vinatieri, thank you very much, but I'm also going with Cody here. I, I'm afraid we're going to have to give you Cole for this year. Six extra points missed for Vinatieri this year, by the way. Yeah. It, that's it just was, ex, that's just extra points. That's not field goals. That's just extra oh, yeah. Points. That was just extra points. And let me see how many extra extra point attempts he had. So he missed six out of four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, twelve. Uh, sorry, I can't care right now. Sixteen, seventeen. Twenty-eight, I believe. So he missed six of twenty-eight. What is that? Six? I don't know. I'm not good at math, but wait, that's wait. Not good. What did, let's bring the numbers to me. What do we got? He gets twenty-eight attempts, and he missed six of them. So he's yeah, so he's twenty-two of twenty-eight. If he had missed seven, then he would have missed twenty-five percent of his field goals. So he pretty much missed about around twenty-two percent of his uh few of extra points that he had. Yeah, that can't happen. <laughs> yeah, that that's not that's not doable. All right, that just that just can't happen, and that's just unacceptable. No matter if you're the greatest of all time, like I mean, even heck, Peyton Manning knew in that last season he was like, oh, yeah. I, I can't do it anymore. And so uh, he finished out the season, won the Super Bowl, good for Peyton Manning. But he knew when it was time, and I think Adam Vinatieri is probably time to hang it up. Or if he feels like you know, good for him, man. If he feels like he can go and play for another team but i think for, from the Colts' standpoint they got to let him walk and they got to keep looking you know is jay you, you got to evaluate is chase mclaughlin your guy moving forward uh bring in some kickers for training camp for the off season and really see what you got and evaluate that because man the Colts' special teams killed them and more specifically adam vinatieri killed them in critical moments this year and so that can't happen again okay the next guy on my list here uh, let me pull it up here Anthony Costanzo. I think Derek, Anthony Costanzo, he was drafted in 2011. It's crazy to think Anthony Costanzo, and he, he's been there for so long. And I think he's been really, the, I would say he's probably the most underrated Colt and most underappreciated Colt of the last decade. And so, man, you, you know, he, he's been a rock ever since he's coming to the Colts in 2011. And I think if there's any player on this list that I have here that I would say you deserve to be brought back, Mr. Anthony Costanzo, I'm bringing you back, and I would bring him back on a multi-year deal. I mean, I, th- heck, I think Costanzo is 30, 31 years old, but I would argue that the last couple of years have been his best years of football. 
Costanzo has just been, you know, he's been really nice for the Colts. He's, he's just done so well. Yeah, he's had his struggles like always. You know, he has his struggles against certain players. But overall, man, you know, I think besides maybe one or two outlier games, I think Costanzo has been excellent. Um, I think he's really gotten better at pass protecting as the years have gone on. I mean, he talked at the beginning of the offseason how this is the best he's felt. And he's 30-plus years old now, and he's still mm-hmm. feeling really, really good. Uh, I think the Colts should feel really, really good about bringing Costanzo back. You know, he's an elite run blocker, and he's not a bad pass blocker. You could certainly do better than him, but you could certainly do a lot, lot worse than him. And so I think the Colts would be wise to lock up Costanzo for the next few years. Uh, you know, maybe offer him another – depending on how he continues to play, you know, who knows? Maybe he's the type of player who's a little bit of a late bloomer and he continues to develop and he becomes even better. You never know. Uh, but it's certainly good news that Costanzo is still feeling good. Um, still playing at a high level, and I think the Colts, I think this is the biggest no-brainer for me, Derek. He is definitely on the nice list, and he's definitely a guy you bring back and probably the guy that gets the biggest extension on this list. So what do you think about bringing Costanzo back? Oh, I think that you absolutely need to. I mean, and I disagree with you on the you can find guys who are a lot better than him. There, there haven't been this year. There haven't been that many left tackles this year that have played better than Anthony Costanzo. I mean, forget age for a second. When he said this is the healthiest and best he's felt, he certainly looked the part just as much as he said he feels the part. I mean, he has been phenomenal. That left side of that offensive line has been solidified. Is Anthony Costanzo, Quentin Nelson, and Ryan Kelly in the center, that middle to left, that is the best three spot offensive line in all of the NFL. There's not a single one that touches it that, and that's saying something because you can find a few offensive lines like the Cowboys and a few others that come to mind. But Anthony Costanzo's just been the man this year. You're right. He's had a few games where he's, you know, he's had a few moments where he wasn't as great, but he has had quietly the best year of his entire career. And he's at age 30. He absolutely needs to be brought back. Chris Ballard mm-hmm. will obviously be bringing out the checkbook because obviously he's going to have to, he's giving Ryan Kelly an extension already. We know he's definitely going to be signing Quentin Nelson to quite possibly the largest uh, offensive lineman contract that we've ever seen. And Anthony Costanzo is definitely going to get an extension. As long as he continues to stay healthy, he's definitely better than most left tackles on the, on the market. So yeah, definitely. He's been really good this year. He definitely deserves to be on the nice list. And I, I can't wait to see him continue to play at left tackle for at least another few years until we can start figuring something else out. But I love what I saw from Costanza this year. Yeah. It's going off on a tangent here. This isn't culture related, but I was just thinking, man, you mentioned the Cowboys. How in the world are the Cowboys not like one of the best teams in the NFL? Like I was looking at their roster yesterday and like I was watching that game, Cowboys Eagles. I was like, Oh my goodness. Like they have so many good players. How are they not better than they are? It's kind of wild, but I guess that really speaks to, you know, coaching matters in the NFL. And so, sorry, that was just kind of a tangent that oh, was going yeah, on. Yeah. I mean, you saw that they're the number, they were the, Going into, I believe it was week 13, they had the number one offense and the number 10 defense in all of the NFL. Please tell me how that doesn't make you an instant playoff team. How does that not? You're definitely right. Coaching is the reason why. 
That is why. And that's ultimately why the Cowboys should get rid of Jason Garrett. There. That's my point. I said it. <laughs> Goodbye. We're moving on go. to the next part. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So the next guy on my list here, this is a guy that uh, he's probably, this is, it's a little bit hard for me, I guess, um, just because I've, I've always liked this guy. I always rooted for this guy a lot. Clayton Gathers is a guy the Colts brought back this last off season, uh, brought him back on a one-year deal and he's kind of been benched in a way um, and really, really been playing on special teams a lot. Uh, he's, I believe he's 27, 28 now. Uh, he got benched for Kari Willis, which I mean, Kari Willis has been spectacular this year for the Colts, that rookie out of uh, Michigan state. Uh, but Clayton Gathers, a veteran guy, a leader in that defense, but he's just, he's nearly not a great player for the Colts and, He's been injured a lot in his career. And uh, now this is a tough one for me because I like Gathers a lot. I think the Colts like Gathers a lot, what he stands for, the kind of person that he is. But I think at the end of the day, Derek, the NFL, it's a business. And if you're not performing, if you're not really, I mean, he's contributed on special teams, but I don't know. It's, it's tough for me to, to bring back Clayton Gathers just because, I don't know, it's just, kind of like a weird thing and, and the question is is Clayton Gathers okay with being a backup is Clayton Gathers okay with you know playing special teams I mean he was heck he was the Colts captain uh this year and he's out there playing special teams so I think the question for me is is Clayton Gathers okay coming back to Indianapolis um in that kind of role and do, what do the Colts think on Gathers because I think he's been more healthy than he has this year so maybe you use him maybe you bring him back on a one-year deal again um, you just kind of use him for depth purposes. You don't really play him a ton. You know, maybe use him at that as that dime linebacker, however you want to do it there. Uh, what do you think on Gathers? Because this one is tough for me. I, I, I'm kind of could, could go either way on this one. What do you think about Gathers? This is the exact moment where it's Black Friday, right? You're going into the store. You know that in order to fit everything you need into your Christmas budget, you have to get that deal, right? You have to find the deal, not just the small, the good deal, the great deal. And this is the exact moment here for Clayton Gathers if you want to continue. I think Clayton Gathers knows he's getting up there in age. His health has always been an issue. He's become a little more of a liability this year than he has in recent years. And not to mention the guys that are playing his position all kind of play the same way he did, but they do it better now. They're much better at getting to the ball carriers, making uh, plays on the run in and open spaces. Look, I like Clayton Gathers. I think he's a tremendous leader. That's exactly what you need in a locker room because that's the kind of guy that you need for those young guys that are coming in and are still learning. Clayton Gathers has a lot of knowledge. I don't think that Clayton is dumb. It's just that, you know, I just think his body and just the way he plays just isn't as good as some of these other young guys, but it's always good to have guys in that secondary that are older, that know what it's like to be in that position and you're right, just they be there for depth just in case anything weird does happen because, uh, you know, this is the NFL. There's a lot of injuries that can happen. I definitely think uh, Ballard will think about getting him another one-year extension uh, mm -hmm. just for depth purposes because I don't think he they're going to start him after this year because I right. think they know Kahari Willis is ready to go. But, yeah, uh, 
you know, it, it's neither a naughty or nice to me because you could go either way with this. And I honestly think, cause you know, they brought him back this year on such a small deal already that, you know, I doubt that he would be that opposed to being put in that position. Cause I think he just knows that if I'm not with the Colts, then where the heck am I going to go else? That's going to give me a shot. I don't think many other teams are going to give him a shot at this point in his career. So, you know, I think it's right in the middle for me. You could toss this up any direction you want. Right. Yeah. And like, like you said, Derek, I mean, he's not going to break the bank if you resign him for one year. And even if you find a guy that's better than him, I mean, what are you really losing? If you know, you cut him at the end of the preseason or something like that, like it's not a big, big loss either way, but yeah, I could go either way on this one too. Um, it was certainly sucked to ha- to see Clayton Gathers go because he's just been such a you know good locker room presence. Like you said, uh, we need those kind of guys in the locker room. So it would be tough to see Clayton Gathers go, but you know I could see it. I could see Chris Ballard doing either way. I think I think it would certainly be smart to to consider bringing him back at least on a one year deal. Um, but I know I know there's a lot of options that the Colts can go with Gathers. Um, he's getting up there in age, like you mentioned. He he's kind of dropped off a little bit. He's getting older. He's 28 now. So, um, yeah, yeah, I can see that too, Derek. Okay, so the next guy here, uh, actually, I can just kind of group these guys together, maybe. Um, that being Devin Funches and Dontrell Inman. Um, it was kind of interesting because when the Colts signed Devin Funches, they, I think, a big reason why they didn't bring back Dontrell Inman was because they believe Funches could be that guy and fill that role better than Inman. Um, but now, you know. Uh, Devin Funches played what like two three quarters of the season went on injured reserve and didn't come back um, so you know he's still a young guy big guy big physical guy uh, and then Dontrell Inman you know the Colts brought back this year with all the the injuries to the wide receiver core just like last year hasn't had the impact he had last year obviously but um, another guy you know we can kind of talk about both of these guys kind of kind of have them together because I think they're kind of similar cases here um, I could see the Colts more so with Devin Funches and Dontrell Inman. I could see them bringing back Funches on a one-year deal just because you didn't really mm-hmm. get to see much of him in real game like action. I mean, I thought that you, know, you saw a little bit of him in the preseason, um, heard about reports of him in training camp. It was kind of up and down. Um, you definitely need to upgrade the wide receiver position for sure in the offseason, and we'll get to that in, in a little bit. But um, for me, I would say probably Devin Funches more than Dontrell Inman. I would probably bring him back. I would probably bring him back on a one-year deal, especially um, with just the unknowns at wide receiver outside of T.Y. Hilton and maybe you could throw Zach Paschal in there. Other than that, I mean, it's wide open for me for that wide receiver position. And so, uh, yeah, I would say Devin Funches would be a guy I'd bring back. Don Trillian probably not for Inman. Uh, what, what do you think about these two wide receivers? <laughs> well, I honestly think you should bring both of them back because mm-hmm. I am – completely done with chester rogers i don't want to see him playing another snap for us i can't stand the drops anymore can't do it i just i cannot do it and not to mention he lost his best spot his only spot on the roster and punt returning because he couldn't hold on to the football it's just gotten to a point here where i just i'm losing my mind with him now, in regards to Funchess, I know a lot of people will say, oh, you know, well, he's he obviously didn't produce because he was hurt all season and you have injury problems now. I know, but 
Ballard's not going to give him an extension that's crazy. He's going to give him another one of those one-year, $10 million or less extensions to keep him incentivized to want to keep playing and you know show that he can stay healthy and then produce. Because, I mean, look, in the two quarters that he played, in the two quarters that he played, he actually like did pretty good in those two quarters that he was playing before he got hurt. So I, I don't see the issue. I definitely think you need to re-sign both of them. They've both been nice this year in the limited playing time that they've had. We know Dontrell Inman can, you know, ball, especially when he gets the chance. He did that with luck. I can't wait to see if he comes, if he does come back and whatever quarterback we decide to have under the helm next year, if he can play a little bit. So I would definitely say these two are both on the nice list. I would bring both of them back on small extensions. Yeah. Yeah. I could definitely see it. <laughs> I'm kind of sick and tired of the Colts having these injuries every single year to somebody. And then they have to rely on sign a guy off the street. It would kind of be nice to have some guys that are in the system for a long time. Uh, okay. So the next guy on my list here, this might be a controversial one. I mean, I, I have my opinion on it, but a lot of people might differ on this and you might even differ on this, Derek, Eric Ebron. I think oh, personally, boy. Yeah, I think personally you could do – this is tough for me because I feel like there's going to be some Eric Ebron people that are going to come and attack me, but hopefully <laughs> not. Hopefully not. Um, and I love what Eric Ebron has done. Certainly 2018 was an amazing year for Ebron. I certainly think that – oh, man, this is going to be tough. Um, I certainly think that for Ebron, he can make a spectacular play. I mean, we saw this season with that one-handed catch. That was pretty awesome. Oh, yeah. Um, from Eric Ebron, but you know, I think you can certainly upgrade from Ebron just because, you know, this is something that I have noticed at least with Ebron. It seems like he can make those spectacular plays and then you have easy drops, easy, easy things that, you know, he just doesn't do. And, you know, that's something that hurts your offense and kill drives. And so it's kind of hard for me to want to bring Ebron back, especially with re-signing Jack Doyle also, um, and tie more money up into Eric Ebron. And I think the biggest question for me, Derek, is more so does Eric Ebron even want to be back in Indianapolis? I mean, honestly, because you know, we we all know why the real reason why Eric Ebron signed with Indianapolis. I mean, it was to play with Andrew Luck. I mean, you saw that in 2018 when Andrew Luck was fully healthy, mm-hmm. or at least as healthy as he can be. Eric Ebron and, and Andrew Luck put up really good numbers. And now he has Jacoby Brissett, which no knock on Brissett, but he's no Andrew Luck and he's nowhere close to Andrew Luck. And we saw that. I mean, Ebron's numbers have dropped a lot. They dropped a lot this season. Um, I know he went on injured reserve a few weeks ago, but he was having nowhere this nowhere this season that he was going to have, and, and he shouldn't have had. I mean, you know, Jacoby Brissett's not – it's just not the same with, with Jacoby Brissett from Andrew Luck. And so the question for me, Derek, is do the Colts want to tie up all their money after also signing a guy like Jack Doyle who, you know, can do it all? Um, do they want to tie up some money in Eric Ebron and does Eric Ebron even want to be in Indianapolis with now, you know, maybe potentially Jacoby Brissett for another year or a rookie quarterback this next year, you know, he never know what's going to happen there, but does Eric Ebron even fit into this offense anymore with what they're trying to do? Cause um, you know, it might take a little bit for this young passer to develop. And so that's just, that's my questions I have with, with bringing back Ebron. What, what do you think about Ebron being brought back potentially? 
That'll be a good one. Uh, first off, I want to say uh, shout out to my boy EE uh, for liking my tweet on Twitter. I love you, man. Appreciate you. Uh, that was probably the highlight of my entire Twitter career right there, getting a like from the one and only EE. Appreciate you, Ebron. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, you and I have sat on this podcast and we've been pretty critical of Ebron at times. And mm-hmm. we've also been pretty hyped up about ebron at times i oh, mean for over sure. the last year and a half he's had a lot of ups and downs with you no know, colts and like you said with andrew luck andrew luck was able to get him the ball so much better than jacoby Brissett, and that's why he was having this phenomenal season and you know you, you brought a lot of different uh perspectives into this conversation with him and i'm not gonna re go through all of these but you're right. It is the question of whether or not he wants to stay in Indianapolis. And I mean, I, I totally believe that he would get a job anywhere that he decided he wanted to go. I think there's plenty of people that would love to have Eric Ebron on a roster because he definitely is that big play guy. Uh, I think that's the what the package is you're going to get. You're going to get a spectacular guy with a phenomenal personality. And you're going to get a dude that's a leader uh, is a fun loving guy. He's just, sometimes he just drops the ball. I mean, I, I hate to keep saying it, that it's, you know, it's dropping the balls, but he does drop a lot of balls. That's true. But then again, the rest of the Colts roster has an issue with that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. We saw that a little bit in the Carolina game was that was one of the few things that we saw that were bad was the, was that they were dropping balls a lot more than Brissett was making terrible throws. So Anyway, uh, in regards to whether or not I think we should keep him or let him go, I I love the tight end group that we have. I think that it would be a shame to try and uh, break that group up. I do believe that if you can get Ebron for a good deal, I do believe we should bring him back because, again, I just love his personality and what he brings onto the field. When he's on it, he's on it, and – I think he has a few more good games than he does bad games. And that's why I think that he should be on the nice list and that Ebron should try to be back with the Colts this 2020 season. Fair enough. Fair enough. I I mean, I could go either way, Derek. I totally agree with you there. You know, I could, I'm fine if they bring him back. Honestly, I just, it's, it's all up to Ebron at this point. Okay. And so for the next guy on my list here, um, a couple of these guys, the next guy's really, uh, He's a veteran. He's been on the Colts for a while. I mean, I think he was one of the first signings of Chris Ballard's uh, tenure as a GM of the Colts, and he's been probably one of his best signings, and that's Jabal Sheard. And I love Jabal Sheard. I've loved that signing ever since the Colts brought Sheard in in 2017. Um, He's been really, really solid for the Colts. You know, with all the defensive struggles the Colts have had over those years, Sheard has been probably one of their their best defensive players. Um, You know, he's he's definitely not a – you know, pass rush type where you're going to get 10 plus sacks, that type of player, but he's a very, very good run defender, uh, solid veteran. You know, he can still get to the passer every once in a while, put some pressure mm-hmm. on the quarterback every now and again. Um, he's really, really been good for the Colts over these past few years. This, this one is really tough for me because it's like, okay, do you want to bring back Sheard and do you want to to keep that group together? Or do you want to see what you got more in Kamogo Turi and Ben Banigou? And heck, if you even draft another edge guy in this in the draft or bring in a guy in free agency, you know, do you think that you can get better and get younger at that position? Um, 
for me personally, I love Jabal Sheard, so I'd probably bring him back on a short deal um, just because of the veteran presence, just because what he brings. You know, he's not a very vocal guy, Jabal Sheard, but yeah. he, I think he leads by example, and yeah. that, that resonates in the locker room a lot. So I would probably bring back Jabal Sheard on a one- to two-year deal. He's getting up there in age. He's on the wrong side of 30 now similar to Justin Houston. So the Colts certainly need to, you know, develop some of those guys behind those two. But for me, I'd probably, if, if I was Chris Ballard, if I was sitting in the GM chair, I would probably bring back Sheridan on a one to two year deal because I think he's everything Derek that you stand for as a culture, everything that you want in a player you have in Jabal Sheard. He's the type of guy that's going to go out there and he's going to work and he's going to prove it. And he's going to go let his, let his words do the, do the, talking and not his or let his actions do the talking and not the words so i would probably bring back sheard what are your thoughts on bringing back number 93 yeah it's kind of crazy that you and i i think the only one that you and i have disagreed on is ebron right now but yeah jabal sheard for me is definitely a guy that i would want to bring back on a two-year deal as well Uh, we saw we've seen what justin houston's done this year 10 sacks on the year uh, it's been a phenomenal guy that everyone said was going to be washed up. Well, he's been playing pretty well this season. He's made some big plays at some big times. And, you know, Jabal Sheard, you're right, is not a very vocal guy. He's just a guy that goes out there and does the work and does what's necessary to be done. And I think the other reason you bring him back is because of the likes of young rookie guys like Kamiko Ture and Ben Banigou and these other edge rushers, because I mean, of course you're going to lose some snaps with sheared, but when you have a guy that's proto, that's exactly what you want on your edge. Why, why would you want to leave him out there to dry? Cause somebody else is going to want to pick him up. Somebody else is going to get Jabal sheared, whether that be for a small contract or not, somebody else is going to get him because he produces and he's a good role model. He's a good leader. And he provides that depth for all those guys. And it gives guys like Kamiko Ture and Ben Banigou and these others a chance to sit back, observe and learn and be able to uh, actually earn their snaps the way they are now. And we've seen it this year with the defensive line, with all of these guys getting hurt. It definitely helps to have a guy like Jabal Sheard who, can occasionally get to the quarterback from time to time and is very good at defending the run. I think it's just so pivotally important to keep guys like that. As long as they continue to contribute a little bit, then it certainly helps to bring him back similar to a deal of what Justin Houston got. So I definitely think he's been on the nice list this year and he deserves to be brought back on another extension. I think also what it allows you to do, Derek, is the Colts have some other positions of need that I think are we would put more important than defensive end, more important than edge rusher. And what it does is bring when bringing back Jabal Sheard is it it helps that a little bit. It help it helps you get. I don't want to say get by because that sounds really bad, but it, you know you know what I mean. It helps you be able to not address that as much as you probably need to in the future. Well, you can address the other positions like the positions we'll talk about in a little bit when we kind of go over our Christmas list and our needs for the Colts in 2020 and beyond. But I think what it allows you to do is, yes, it allows you to uh, have a guy who's been very consistent, been a very productive player who, who can lead by example and teach some of these young pass rushers. If you bring another guy in the draft can even teach him. Um, 
but it also helps you out and, you know, in filling some of those holes. So, you know, when Jabal Sheard's contract is up in one to two years, his, you know, if he does get, you know, if the Colts do bring him back on a one to two year deal, um, then you can have some of those guys groomed and ready to take over for Sheard. So um, I would agree. I think he definitely makes a nice list for me. I would bring him back on a one to two year deal. All right. The next guy, these next two guys are actually going to be, um, they're going to be two guys that the Colts, the Colts drafted um, in that 20, I believe it was 2016 draft. Uh, I believe that was a Ryan Kelly draft. Um, they drafted a lot of offensive linemen. Um, these, these guys are not Ryan Kelly, um, but these are guys that, uh, that were guys in mid, mid-round picks that the Colts had, um, kind of been depth pieces for the Colts for the last few years. Um, I'll, start with, uh, I'll start with Joe Haig, who I think this is an interesting one for me, Derek, because Joe Haig – I feel like he, you know, he started some games for you. He's kind of that Swiss army knife kind of player where he could literally play any position. I don't know if he can play center, but he can probably could try. Um, he could probably play any position for you on that offensive line. Um, mm-hmm. He's still decently young. I think he's probably 25, 26 now. Yeah. Um, he's not a bad player. He's a solid player. I just don't, I don't know if he's like a starter, but I think he's the kind of player that you would want to bring back. So I'd probably have him on my nice list. I'd probably bring him back just because, you know, it's so, so valuable to have a guy, a swing guy like that, that can play basically any position for you. I think I think he's honestly played just about every position on that Colts offensive line in his few years he's been on the Colts. So I would bring back Joe Haig. Um, Lil Raven Clark, another guy the Colts drafted, I believe he, they drafted him in the third round of that 2016 draft out of Texas Tech. <laughs> he is a guy that I'd be more hesitant to bring back. I mean, he mm-hmm. definitely has the physical tools, but he just has not put it all together. He's had some games, and I, and I had been a guy who had been decently vocal about my support for LaRaven Clark. I think a lot of people, you know, when Anthony Costanza went down this last year uh, in 2018, he was down for a while there at the beginning of the year. Um, I personally thought LaRaven Clark played a lot better than people gave him credit for. I thought he helped the held the fort pretty well. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say he was great, but I thought he was solid, and I thought, okay, this is showing some improvement from what he was showing you. And so I was I was all on board for having Lorraine Clark as that as that left tackle backup of Anthony Costanzo for the future. But I mean, I just think that you've seen it time and time again. He's had his chances to to earn that position. And I don't know. He's just it just seems like he just has never put it fully together. And he just is not the kind of guy that's mentally I, I don't know really. It just doesn't seem like he's that mentally tough of a guy. Cause it seems like, you know, he has those good times, and then all of a sudden it's just like a disaster. And it's like, do you trust Raven Clark to be at left tackle if Anthony Costanzo, you know, knock on wood, would go down again? Do you trust a guy like that? And I think it's still important to have that depth. So I would not bring back Raven Clark. Um, I guess I'll get your opinion on these two guys, Derek. What would you do for Joe Haig and Raven Clark? Yeah, I think your your evaluation of those were spot on. I, I'm hesitant to bring back LaRaven Clark because, you know, in those few times that he's got to play, he hasn't really shown a lot of, you know, a lot of growth and a lot of uh, bringing up that uh, nature of just being able to adapt. Uh, It's funny because he's just so big. He's actually got shorter arms than some people might imagine, but he's he's big and he's got the great stature for an uh, offensive lineman like that i just think he's just really slow on his feet and he's not super strong and he's just the opposite of costanzo and i'm just not sure if i'm willing to you know invest my money into a product like that i would 
however, love to invest my money into Joe Haig. I mean, everybody knows Chris Ballard loves his offensive linemen. Okay. And we all love our offensive linemen as well. And Joe Haig, you're right. I think outside of center might have played every position for the Colts offensive line over the last few years. I mean, he's played pretty daggone good given the circumstances when he does come in in those limited snaps that he's had this season. I mean, congrats to him. I mean, it's always good to have that guy that's the backup in case something does unfortunately happen. We've all seen over the last few years just how important and a backup offensive lineman is for when somebody goes down. And Joe Haig is easily the first one if it's not the center, Ryan Kelly. If it's anybody else, Joe Haig is usually the first person they they go to. So I am absolutely positive that Ballard will and should invest a little bit of money into keeping Haig at that spot. Hopefully, Haig won't be asking for too much because the sooner he starts realizing his value, he might decide to want to go play someplace else. I mean, he even saw it in the Carolina game on Sunday. I mean, Quentin Nelson goes down with a concussion. Joe Hay goes into left left guard. And then Braden Smith goes out. Uh, and I believe Josh Andrews goes at left guard. Yeah. And then Joe Haig moves over to right tackle. I mean, this guy can play every position. In 2018, yeah. before he got hurt, he was starting at left tackle for Costanzo. He can play every single position, and that is so, so important and so valuable for a roster. So I think mm-hmm. it's a no-brainer you bring, bring back Joe Haig. Okay, uh, I believe it's the last guy on my list here. Uh, let me go through and make sure I didn't miss anybody. Uh, yeah, last guy on my list here, Ross Travis, uh, a guy that was, uh, you know, I think he was, people were really high on him a couple years ago. Um, and he, you know, he had, I believe in the Carolina game, he had a 50-50 ball, couldn't come down with it. But, you know, he's a physical freak guy. I believe he's 6'5", 6'6", big tight end. Um, he's definitely, he dealt with that injury, I believe. Uh, I can't remember when it was, but, you know, he's had some injury history a little bit. He's been off and on the Colts roster. I, you know, I kind of look at it as like, why, you know, why not? Why not bring him back? And why not see what you got, especially, you know, depending on what happens with Eric Ebron, you need another tight end. Um, he's familiar with the system. I think you keep him back and at least keep him around for training camp. What do you think on Ross Travis? <laughs> yeah, it, it's a very interesting one because, again, you know, this this tight end group has been so fluctuant over the last year. So it, it's funny to think that we have so many pieces that we're having this conversation. But you're right. It, it's something to keep in mind. And I If they could keep a fourth tight end, I think they would do it. But I don't know about Ross Travis. I think Moali Cox has kind of just secluded himself as a dependable third option at tight end, maybe even second if Ebron, in fact, doesn't come back. But I I fully expect the three of those tight ends, Ebron, Doyle, and Cox to all be with us in next season as well. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I just kind of am like of the mindset of like, man, there's a, here's a guy who has all the physical tools and if he puts it together, great. If not, you know, that's fine. You know, it's whatever. Um, okay. So I think that concludes my list of the 10 guys. Uh, I believe it was more even than I thought it would be initially there with, uh, yeah, with all the guys. So, uh, yeah, I think from now, Derek, we can, we can move on to your list, your, your new segment that you're going to talk about here. Um, more so of a Colts Christmas list, I believe it's going to be. So kind of like what you're wanting from the Colts 
in 2020, you know, you, you, what, what are some gifts you want from the Colts, Derek? You want to start with this segment, man? Absolutely. And we all have them. We all have expressed our opinions on mm-hmm. what we believe the Colts need to acquire, not only in free agency, but in the draft this year to fix some of the small problems that this Colts team has. Ironically, I don't think there's that many of them. There's just some obvious spots that the Colts need to fix up. But after that, I think they turn into a really good team and we're going to go jump right into it here. Ironically enough, I think Cody and I all are both are wishing for the same exact people uh, positions at the exact same spot. Right. So it'll be easy for us guys. We're wishing for the same thing. Okay. It's a Christmas miracle. Mom and dad are loving it because they don't have to separate it. They can just get two of everything. So yes, uh, yes. great minds think alike. Yes, exactly. So we'll, we'll dive into three of these positions. Uh, I think the fourth one, I think is a quick one to mention. Uh, I think Cody agrees with me on this. Uh, he might have a little bit of a differing opinion, but if there's one thing that this man has texted me almost more than anything other than getting a new quarterback this season has been to get another guard slash tackle for our offensive line to help the right side. I think that's a close fourth for us in regards to the team absolute needs. I think it's a want. I don't think it's an absolute need for this team right now because I still think Glowinski and Braden both being young and still maturing, they're still getting better. I think they're still good regardless of that. But I think Cody and I can agree that the tackle or guard on the right side of the offensive line is would certainly be a nice boost uh, for something maybe in the third or fourth round this year. All right. So number three, the number three position that Cody and I agree need to be addressed for the Colts this offseason is the wide receivers. And I know it's been, it, it, there's been a lot of talk about, you know, what's the future hold for this wide receiver group, right? You have T.Y. Hilton, who's now 31 years old. He's had some injury history. He's certainly not getting younger. Even when he's in, he's still good, but he's still only getting older. And you have T.Y., uh, or sorry, Devin Funches, who obviously is only a a temporary thing right now. We still haven't seen what he's capable of because he got injured. Paris Campbell was hurt all year. We still don't know what to expect there. I think the only consistent piece that you can say is going to make the roster next year is Zach Paschal because he was good all year long. But there you have your three wide receivers. You have question marks. Your number one guy, he's getting older. Your number two guy was hurt all season. Number three guy was also hurt all season and as a rookie. And he's not your prototypical wide receiver as well. So we obviously saw that. But like, Cody, why do you think that wide receiver number is number three on this list? Why are the Colts in so desperate need of finding a true wide receiver that they know they can groom into the system? Yeah, I just think you you said it, Derek, that you know, this season especially, it's been injuries, injuries, and inconsistencies and drops. I mean, even in that Carolina game, like, yeah, the Colts put up 38 points, but you got 14 points off of Naeem Hines. And, you know, this passing offense has just been absolutely abysmal. And you can go blame the quarterback. 
You can blame the play calling. But at the end of the day, man, the wide receivers are just, are just not getting it done. They are not getting separation. And when they are getting passes thrown their way, they're not making the they're not making the play. And so I think this has just been something the Colts have failed to do and have struggled to do for a long time is getting another consistent playmaker, getting two consistent wide receivers that can make plays for the Colts. You know, it's like, you know, you look back at that Andrew Luck era. I mean, who, who would you say his best receiver was? Probably Donnie Avery, honestly, back in his rookie season. I mean, they have not had another guy. I mean, you could maybe throw Dontrell Inman in there as well. I mean, they, they have not had a guy that they have drafted and they have groomed and who has come in and has established himself as that number two wide receiver. They just have not had that throughout basically T.Y. Hilton's entire career. And so I think it's important that the Colts really need to get a guy here in the first couple rounds. I mean, you drafted Paris Campbell last year, but there's question marks with Campbell on his health, his durability. I mean, he, you know, he just, you know, the best ability is, is availability. I mean, that's kind of a cliche thing to say, but it's true. I mean, Paris Campbell, I don't know. He wasn't on the field that much this year. He was, he got injured and then he got injured again. And so there's question marks there with all those guys. And I think the Colts would be wise to get another wide receiver, get it. You know, if they don't bring back Devin Funches or if they do, even if they do, you know, getting the guy that you can groom and get in the system and develop and not, not a guy, not talking to like a fourth, a fifth or sixth round pick, like a Darius Fountain or a uh, Deion Kane, man, Deion Kane. Speaking of that, the Colts can really use Deion Kane right now. Um, but uh, you got to get a guy. I think you just got to get a talented guy like that. Um, you got to get a, I, I think the Colts should get a big bodied receiver. I think that's what Devin Funches was supposed to be, but I think they should get a guy like that and they should get it looked to get him in the first couple rounds there. I mean, the Colts have three picks in the first two rounds. If all, you know, if they don't trade out of anything. So I think one of those positions it has to be a wide receiver. I think you could even go in the first round. You could argue you could go in the first round and get a wide receiver. I mean, yeah, I think the Colts right now, depending on where they, you know, what happens in this Jacksonville game, if they lose, I believe they're at the 12th pick. And if they win, I believe they're at the 18th pick. So, you know, in that mid range, I think there are some wide receivers that could become available. And if you don't like any of those guys, if you, if some of those guys are off the board that you want to draft I and mean, you could trade back, get more values or trade up for a guy, even, I mean, they have the draft capital to do what they need to do there. Um, but there's also probably some guys you can get in the second round as well. And just adding more talent at that wide receiver position, continue the competition there, I think is going to be huge, Derek. So I think that's my reasons why the Colts need wide receivers. They just need some guys who can help elevate the quarterback play, especially if you're going to draft a rookie guy this year. You got to get some wide yeah. receivers that can help your quarterback out. Absolutely. Now we move on to the number two spot. We're going to go on the opposite end of the field and we're going to go to the defensive side. There's not a whole lot of places that the Colts really need to fix right now, especially since they're so young. But the one spot that we as Colts fans have been preaching that has been inconsistent all year long has definitely been the interior defensive line, both in the run game and in the pass rush as well. We all thought Danico Autry was going to be the answer to that. Danico Autry was anything but that. I don't think he had a terrible season by any stretch, but he certainly did not live up to the expectations of what we thought he could do this year. And we just have not been able to gain any push up the middle and that is hurting us. So right now, both Cody and I agree that defensive tackle is by far the second most important position 
And for some Colts fans, actually number one, uh, and you can make a point for that, but I think we'll, we're going to talk about our number one here in a minute. But what do you, what do you think, Cody? Why is defensive tackle number two on this list? Yeah. I mean, you brought, you brought back Marcus hunt who has been <laughs> invisible this year. You know, Danico Autry, I believe he had nine sacks last year, so there was high expectations for him. I, you know, I can look back at those those shows we had in the summer of our predictions of, you know, players we think though they'll, they'll be better than they were last year. I think I probably said Danico Autry would be better than he was, and I, they're certainly making me look foolish now because he has been nowhere close to where he was last year in the pass rush department, especially. And so I, I just think, you know, Danico Autry is also like 28 years old. He's not like, it's not like he's a young, young player. And you're right, Derek, the Colts just have not got a lot of push up the middle. I think specifically within the defensive tackle, the three technique is what we're talking about more. So, you know, Tyquan Lewis has not really done anything. Um, I mean, he was a healthy scratch, even with the need of a you know good defensive tackle. So I think you definitely have to upgrade that at this point. And, uh, I think it would be wise if the Colts did that. I think that, um, yeah, I just think you just need to get more production out of that three technique. I think you can be fine. I think Grover Stewart's played pretty well at the other defensive tackle position. So I think you can you can be all right with Grover Stewart continuing to grow and play in that position. I think he was a pretty good – he's a pretty good find by Chris Ballard and company. But, yeah, Danico Autry and, and Marcus Hunt just have not been – the type of players they were last year. They haven't even sniffed where they were last year. And, and it's really, you know, I think that if there is defense, I definitely would say it is that, that technique, that, that three technique. And I think the Colts just simply have to address it this season. I think they have to get more pressure from those guys, more pressure from the middle um, because, you know, your, your, your edge guys can only do so much. You know, I think, you know, I've heard from different, you know, different quarterbacks talking about, they hate more so, you know, this is more about when Quentin Nelson was drafted. You know, I think it's harder for quarterbacks, honestly, uh, when the pressure's coming from the interior. You know, they, they can step up from those guys who are coming off the edge. But when it when the pocket is collapsing on them, I mean, that makes any quarterback, it, it makes a life suck. And so the Colts have to start doing that if they want to be considered one of the top defense. I think they've definitely taken some strides in that direction. They've had some games where they've been really, really bad this year. But like you said, Derek, the Colts are a very young team, and I think they really got to get younger at that nose, not nose tackle, that that three technique defensive tackle position. I think they got to get a talented guy, and I think they can do it early. I think they could get a guy in the first to second rounds. I think they should definitely do that with one of those three picks. And so that's mine. And you know, you could, you, I could argue, I could see Derek, why people would want that to be number one. Cause the Colts have not really addressed that really at all um, in the draft. And so I think the Colts definitely should look to do that and get a guy who has played three technique all throughout college. They just need to get a guy in there that can step in from day one and really make an impact and make a difference. So that's why it's number two for, for me and for you, I believe. Yep. So we've come to the, big corner piece of our christmas list folks it's the one that you write in big letters the one you underline you circle it all over the place so mom and dad know that is the one you want you have to have it more than anything else right and i think you all kind of know where this is going here and because if you've probably been winding down to our number one spot you probably noticed the position that's not there and it's a 
conversation that Colts fans have been talking about ever since the moment Andrew Luck retired. That's right, folks. Cody and I are falling under, and we believe that the number one on our Colts Christmas list for 2019 is to have a new quarterback. Now, before I go any further into this, I just want to say here, I am I am in no way, shape, or form trying to slander Jacoby Brissett, okay? I, I, I hate almost having these conversations sometimes because I feel like I'm getting trapped into this vortex of, you know, people that are saying that I don't like somebody or this and that and this and that. And of course, and I don't want any of the Colts players to hate me either for these words, because obviously I don't hate any of them on. I think they're all great people. And Jacoby Brissett, especially he's a tremendous leader. He gets the fans involved in games. He's just a, he's got a great personality. The dude is a good, is a good quarterback. We'll, We'll admit that. I'm just saying that there are positions where you can improve on a team and quarterback is the most important one on a football team. And that is the one you need to upgrade if you can find better. And I believe there are other guys that can do a better job than what Jacoby Brissett is right now, especially after these last seven games, we saw Jacoby Brissett start to fall off a little bit after that injury he sustained during the Pittsburgh game. So I don't know. It's really difficult for me to sit here and say it because Jacoby Brissett's my dude. I love him. He's a great guy, but I mean, obviously the performance speaks for itself this year. Uh, Jacoby Brissett was on pace to do really well. And then he's, he's thrown four touchdowns in his last six games. I'm sorry. Tom Brady's done better than that over the last six games. And we're all talking about him falling off the cliff. So I'm sorry, man. I can't do it. It, We have to continue to do things like that. So, you know, I'm sorry. We got to go with a quarterback. I mean, Cody, would you agree with that? Yeah, I would agree with that. And, you know, it's kind of this weird thing, Derek, where, you know, you have these two sides almost of people who, you know, what people are saying, Jacoby Reset's awful. Jacoby Reset's terrible. And you have these people who say, well, let's give Jacoby Brissett another year. You can't blame Jacoby Brissett for for this, for that, for whatever. I just want to, like, come somewhere in the middle here and kind of say, okay, Jacoby Brissett's not the worst quarterback in the world, but he's not the kind of player that's going to win you games. He's not that kind of player that's going to give you the edge, give you the advantage. And he's not supposed to be that type of player. I mean, he was supposed to be the Colts' backup quarterback to Andrew Luck. I mean, that's why they brought him in. They didn't bring him in to be their starter full-time. And I mean, I think the, the proof is in the pudding, Derek. Like this is who he is. And it's not a like, I feel like there's just people who are slandering Jacoby Brissett and it's just kind of like, well, what did you expect? I mean, that's the kind of quarter, he was a fourth round pick. Like he's not supposed to be this Andrew Luck next superstar quarterback. I mean, he is who he is and this is who we kind of saw in 2017. I mean, I think he's played better than 2017, but still like, this is the kind of quarterback that he is. And certainly the injury has played a lot of factor into that, but, and definitely injury to himself and also injury to some of his wide receivers. I mean, he's been without a lot of his wide receivers for a long time. So, you know, that's not his fault, but, you know, saying that Derek, like 
you got to hold guys accountable for, you know, even in that Carolina game, I know there were some drops and stuff, but Jacoby Brissett wasn't great in that game. I mean, we, we, we can't like, you know, it's kind of weird where it's like, you know, some people say like winning cures all well, you know, our job, I guess what we like to do, we, we like to be objective with our opinion. We like to give our honest thoughts on everything and we don't really have favorites here. You know, we try to put our fandom aside for this podcast and so, I mean, we're just being honest, like Jacoby Brissett has not been that great of a quarterback. He hasn't been awful, but he hasn't been the kind of quarterback that, you know, you could confidently say this is our franchise guy. This is, we don't need to address the quarterback position. I think that's kind of just putting your head in the sand and being ignorant if you were to say that. I think the Colts definitely have to upgrade at the quarterback position. They have to get a young guy in there. And a lot of people are kind of saying, well, to give Jacoby Brissett another year, you know, he's still young. Well, he's really not that young. I mean, he's what, 27, 28? I mean, we kind of know what Jacoby Brissett is at this point. And, that, you know, he's, you know, I thought that this was the year where it was kind of like, well, we don't we don't really know what Jacoby Brissett is yet. So give us this year to kind of evaluate Brissett in an offense that's actually tailored towards him in the Colts offense, you know, an offense that actually helps out their quarterbacks and helps out their players, unlike Rob Chadzinski's offense, which, heck, I mean, my high school football team was probably as, you know, as uh, complex as that offense was. So I was just like, let's give Jacoby Brissett a year. Let's just see how he plays, you know? And, you know, I think it's just, you know, he's, he is who we thought he was, I think. And that's not a bad thing. I I really don't think that's a bad thing. I think it's kind of being overblown as either he's terrible or we need to give him more time. And I think, I think the Colts just have to be honest with themselves and say, okay, Jacoby Brissett is a backup quarterback and that's okay. And we can be okay with that. And we can draft another quarterback. It's not Jacoby Brissett's fault. It's not our fault. Like, it's just what happened. It is what it is. And and, and I, that's why I think, you know, the Colts just have to be real with this. They have the capital to potentially trade up, get a quarterback or stay where they are, get a quarterback, move back and get a quarterback, whatever they want to do there. You know, they have the draft capital there to do it. And I think they have to do it. They have to look at it. And, I, and I've seen reports that the Colts are going to be one of those teams that are looking at a quarterback early. And, and they, they should. And, and it's just wise. It's a wise thing to do, to look at the quarterback, to, to look at every single position, you know, Chris Ballard, when he came into the GM position, I've listened to his press conference a lot, like multiple times. And he, one thing he said, even when he had Andrew Luck, he said, Andrew's a great player, but it's never about one guy. It's never about one guy. And also, you know, you look at it at, with the quarterback position and it's kind of like, well, I mean, he, he hasn't been that great. I mean, it's not about one guy, but every guy has to do his job, right? Every guy has to make sure he's pulling his weight. And unfortunately, you know, you just seen Jacoby reset so many times, just be hesitant to pull the trigger, not do things that, you know, franchise quarterbacks do. Like I watched that, I watched the Colts game. And then yesterday I watched that Eagles game with Carson Wentz and man, like say what you want about Carson Wentz, but that guy trusts his arm. That guy trusts himself. And I think that's what you need in a leader and in a quarterback. I think you need a guy that's going to do that kind of stuff. And so I, you know, I, that's just my opinion on it. That's just my take on it. People can agree, disagree with me. That's okay. But I think saying that, you know, one way or another, going to the complete extreme on Jacoby Brissett is, is probably pretty foolish, honestly. So I would say somewhere in the middle, I'd say he's not a terrible quarterback. I would not say he's a good quarterback. I would say he's probably about average to below average. And I, I think that's fair. And I think that's kind of what we thought he was going to be. So it's no harm, no foul. There's not, nothing you can do about it. Like it's not, 
it's not like I don't know. I, I'm losing. I, I don't have the words right now, but it's just kind of like, well, what did you expect out of Jacoby Brissett? You can't seriously expect him to pick up like Andrew Luck did, and there to be no drop off in quarterback play. It's just, it's just not logical. And I mean, you know, and for people who say, well, Jacoby Brissett didn't have his wide receivers, he didn't have help. Well, I mean, he has the fifth best rushing <laughs> attack in the NFL, and he had at a time one of the better defenses in the league. And so, like, what else do you need to give Jacoby Brissett? Like, and you know, when do you when do you stop the excuses for Brissett? When right, do you say Andrew oh, Luck he, never got those excuses? Right, he never got those excuses. He always, you know, like he got beat up for years and years, and he still led his teams to you know i would say this is the best team the colts have had in a long time i would honestly say that you know like one that we've had since oh nine yeah and i would say that and some people might laugh at that but seriously look at the teams that andrew luck had i mean without andrew luck those teams don't win seven games they don't even come close they win three four games i'm not it's not even an exaggeration like i don't know how andrew luck took those teams to the playoffs those years he did it's it's absolutely nuts, but you know I think the Colts are improving, and they're not quite there yet. We've seen that this year. I think they just need to improve. I think quarterback is definitely needing improvement in those other positions that we looked at, Derek. Um, but the Colts are definitely getting better, and they're getting younger. And they're doing what they need to do, and I think it's to be expected. and And it's not a bad thing. I think the Colts are you know <laughs> you know when you lose your franchise quarterback a couple weeks before the season, you lose an arguably arguably a top five quarterback. Yeah, the, you're probably going to have a worse record than you did the last year. I mean, it's just probably going to happen. So that's my take on it, Derek. All right. Well, that's it, Colts fans. That is our Christmas list for the Indianapolis Colts this year. Num- number three, draft position, we want a wide receiver. Number two, we want a defensive tackle. And number one, we want a quarterback. That is pretty much it, and I'm going to let Cody get started into us with this next topic that we have going here yes 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 i am very excited for this um i don't know if you saw it or not but i put out a tweet i put out a post on instagram um about we're doing a little bit of a giveaway a christmas giveaway for some of our um, loyal followers loyal listeners and uh, i wanted to pick a person so this person is going to receive two different things uh the first thing is going to be a colt's christmas ornament that we're going to pick out and then the other thing is going to be a $15 gift card and we'll let you choose whenever we select you kind of choose where you want that gift card to go to. Um, but I'm going to pick, I had a few people here who like that tweet. So I'm just going to pick a random person out of this. Um, and then we will, we will DM you certain person uh, and we'll get your information and get, make sure that gets sent to you. Um, but thank you everybody for, for entering that. We definitely want to do more stuff like that because we do appreciate the support and appreciate the love and, uh, the kind of words that you guys have for us. And so, yeah, with that, I think, I think Derek, I can, I can just pick a person now and then we can get to it and we'll definitely uh, message you. And this is maybe something we'll continue to do every year, but yeah. Okay. So here we go. Can I get a drum roll, Derek? All right. All right. Here we go. Mr. Zach Rick E. I think, I don't know. It's Zach R I C K E. Either Ricky. Zach Rick or Zach Ricky. Yeah. So Zach, we chose you and we will be DMing you. So when this podcast drops, we will DM you with the information, get your information and make sure to send that your way. Thank you everybody for entering though. I mean, this was a great thing. And uh, I hope you enjoy that, man. I hope you enjoy that Christmas ornament and maybe it can get to you before Christmas and you can put it up on your Christmas tree. 
that would be really cool. Um, but yeah, that was great. I, I like these giveaways, man. These are these are fun. These are yeah, fun so yeah, Zach, we'll definitely get a hold of you. Uh, yes, we'll definitely get a hold of you to make sure we know where we're sending this and what kind of uh, gift card that you're going to want. Uh, I'm sure Cody will get that information and then he'll get that to me so we can get this all sorted out. But yep. uh, yeah, awesome. It was really great to do this. Uh, like Cody said, we appreciate the support from all mm-hmm. of you and, you know, the being in the situation I'm in with, you know, just being out of college, trying to get on my feet, you know, and being, you know, in this time of year, it's all about uh, giving because that's just what the holidays are for. And, you know, that person may or may not need it, but it's the kindness of doing that gift uh, and that giveaway that, you know, possibly just makes somebody else's day. It's all what it is about. So hopefully uh, Zach will enjoy it. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much what I got on that one. Yeah, man. It's definitely a time of year where you can definitely have an impact on people um, and definitely make a big difference in somebody's life um, just by doing something simple. And that's what we wanted to do with this podcast, not just at Christmas time. We wanted to do this year round. You know, we want to provide this content for you guys because we really do appreciate Colts fans a lot. We just want to give back to you guys. We want to make sure that you guys know that we value the team. We want to give you our thoughts and our opinions. You might not always agree with them. Um, but we just want to say thank you for supporting us because it does mean a lot. Uh, it makes us want to continue to do these podcasts, continue to give our thoughts. because There are people like you who support us and want to hear what we think about the team objectively. So thank you guys for that. We definitely want to do more giveaways like this to you guys. Cause uh, we know, you know, you guys work jobs. You guys, you guys are definitely love the team just as much as we do. And we want to make sure we're providing the best content out there for you guys. So thank you so much for your support for us. I hope you all have a Merry Christmas. I hope you have a great time with friends, families, wherever you are, wherever you're listening from. Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year.